Good morning. It's good to be in the house of God with God's people and uh, know that God is here. <clears throat> I'd like to sing another song, if you don't mind. And I'd like you to stand again and sing it. Number 751. If you don't care to stand, that's fine. <clears throat> Number 751. It's a standy kind of song. <laughs> It's a song that makes my feet get kind of light. 751. Dear God, thank you so much for the promise that you will lift us up and soar. I pray, God, that we spend this time together this morning to lift our hearts your vision of your glory, your grace, your love for us, and the uh, oneness and peace, comfort we can share with you in you. I pray and do this thing. Amen. Let me see now. With wings as eagles. Wow. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Ever since creation, when God said, let there be fowl to fly in the firmament above, uh, I expect mankind has been intrigued by flight. Adam and Eve in amongst the fruit trees, amongst the plants, and the birds flying around above, landing on the shore perhaps. Adam and Eve on the ground, and the birds could go. The birds as we know, birds, uh, the flying bats can fly too, the mammals that fly. And the pterosaurs that we don't see around anymore, uh, very large flying creatures, uh, could fly. I can imagine Adam and Eve, they're investigating their new creation. <clears throat> they were a new creation too, by the way. But they, yeah, they're investigating the world around them. And, and being intrigued by the the uh, the flight. Other animals walk around, they could run fast, birds could fly. And so for the years since, up through recorded history, mankind's been intrigued by flight. In the uh, Greek mythology, a, a, a father and his son, the father built himself a pair of wings and for his son, Icarus and Daedalus, I think their names were. Uh, it was probably mispronounced, but they were on top of a tower. And they built themselves wings out of wax and feathers and some thread, I think it was, and it flew away. Um, and the sun, got too close, the sun got too close to the sun and it melted his wings and he fell down in the ocean and drowned. He got too overconfident in the story, of course. 
But the flight, the, the idea of flight, if I could just have wings, I could get out of here. You know, that was the idea. True, right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm here, and I want to stay. Uh, this, the, 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 uh, the account of the, the Greek myth I was referring to. They escaped from their prison because they had wings. The birds had wings. They could fly around at will. They were in the, t- in the tower. In the last few hundred years, inventions upon inventions, uh, I guess it must have been the wrong brothers. They just tried and tried and tried until eventually uh, Mr. Wright came along. And the thing worked. And flight was developed. And now we no longer have to go trotting along behind horses and oxen. and We can fly. And that was an amazing thing. To fly. And we can't fly. We walk around on the earth. <coughs> And watch, watch the birds. But to build a machine that can fly and take you along, you can kind of partake a little bit, a little bit, in the bird's life. You're being dragged along by a machine. What if you could do it all by yourself? I have no idea how that would be like to be able to fly. Just God challenged Job uh, about flight. Can you? Uh, what do you know about flight? He asked Job. Eagles, hawks, he mentioned. Uh, do you know how that works? Of course, Job would say no, no. A long list of things Job said no to. Uh, no, he doesn't know about flight either. I'm sure he was noticing. He noticed the flight. Um, Agar, the son of Jacob writer of a section of Proverbs said, well, a couple things are too many for him. And one is how birds fly. It wasn't known for many, many years. It looks like they just kind of set up there. Whenever we try to just set up there, we fall down. Uh, it wasn't really known that air was made of something. You know, just like fish are suspended in water in the ocean. Not just, they're not just hanging, you know, off nothing. They're in water. Okay, they're suspended in the water. What? Air is made of something, something too, and you can be suspended in air. Um, yeah, that wasn't wasn't uh, understood very well. Um, and then in about 1500s, Leonardo da Vinci uh, was drawing pictures, lots of pictures of flying machines. I don't know if he ever built any; just drew pictures. Um, these are flapping, flapping man-powered machines. And eventually, some uh, smart scientist proved, showed that man-powered flapping machines won't work. Because we can't build up our pectoral muscles to 30% of our body weight. And so, we can't flap our way up into the sky. But today, jets transverse the world. People are going to China today. Afghanistan. Uh, maybe not Afghanistan. Um, people are going 
you know, all over the world today on this nice, nice day in, in flying machines. In the verse I read in Isaiah 40:31, he's not referring to flying machines. He's referring to flying in your heart, uh, soaring in your life. God has created within humanity the desire to, to soar, to have a sense of freedom and Uniquely, it was discussed this morning in the devotional message, the uh, unregenerate desire for freedom that makes people individualistic. <clears throat> but the ability to, to, to move at will, you know, to, to soar. Like a bird, you know, just... Just get out and, and do whatever I want to. I can go where I want to. Fences are just immaterial. Who cares about fences? Who cares about mountain ranges? Just, just go. The first recorded attempt of a person to um, try out freedoms, <clears throat> personal freedom, Eve attempted Eve attended a personal freedom seminar on a one-on-one speaker and she took his advice and she tried out her personal freedoms. And uh, that's why we're having hamburger for lunch today. (laughs) Among other things, much worse than that. Most of what we are familiar with in life is the result of the fall, is the result of sin, and the result of, of mankind trying to gain this freedom for themselves, to soar like a bird through life, not having to be held in by boundaries like somebody else's idea. <laughs> Another bold example of somebody fighting for freedom this is somebody else's freedom. Was Moses? He was about mm, about my age, and he saw somebody being some of his relatives being um, beaten. That's not good, and so he exercised his freedom, and he hid from from Egypt, hid from Pharaoh for the next forty years. It didn't turn out so well. He ran away. He had to run for his life. In, in the book of Job, Job is talking to his friends, I believe, and he says, take lessons from the animals. The birds and the beasts, they'll teach you some things. So I want to learn from eagles, from flying, from soaring. The fowls of the air, they shall teach you. The song that we sang here at the beginning, uh, I, I really enjoyed that song. I think the first I've heard it sung was at the... Uh, Harmony Youth um, Bible School this past year somehow. I don't know where I've been all these years with it. So, um, and that just, wow, what a song. The, 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 the message, the, um, the music altogether just 
it's a, it's a wow song for me. So I'll pick up some phrases and kind of build off that song and, of course, um, off of scripture too. But that, that, that song was, was, uh, was kind of the inspiration of, of uh, studying into soaring, what soaring means to, to Christianity, to our, to our lives. In the first verse, uh, with wings of e- as eagles, so shall they rise. With wings as eagles, free in the skies. The ground cannot keep them. The ground's keeping us pretty good now, physically. You know, how much air can you get? We were bound to the ground. Uh, in in scripture, the earth, earthy, uh, is is uh, referred to as the carnal nature, flesh. We're bound to that pretty well too. <clears throat> we are humanity is bound to earthiness, uh, physically just as much as they are spiritually. But God's promise that some group of people, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, not bound by. The ground. The ground shall not keep them. And the ground is not tying you down. There's no rope around your foot. It's just because it's ground. If you have enough ground in a whole, in a chunk, things stick to it. Okay? Little planets have, have a lesser gravitational force. Bigger planets have larger gravitational force. It's just its quality of being the ground makes it pull you. It's made of stuff. It just pulls you. The quality of being a carnal, unregenerate person just pulls you, pulls you down. It's a um, a a irresistible down, down, down force. But there's a group of people that God has promised shall not be uh, kept down by the ground. Open your Bibles to Romans 8. I'm going to read this chapter. You may close your eyes and listen, or you can follow along. Romans 8. And think about the power of God going against nature, going against the natural laws of uh, our, our, our sinfulness, our carnality, and breaking those, that, that bond, breaking the spiritual gravity that keeps us down. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are, who are in Christ, which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that, they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time, sufferings of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, 
As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That sounds like soaring to me. Getting up off this earth, getting up out of the uh, naturalness that pulls at us. The spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. That's not waiting until we get to heaven. <clears throat> we have the life of Christ uh, available to us now. The spirit of Christ releases us from the power of nature. From the natural man. From the carnal, carnal uh, uh, outlooks that we have. Um, people have mentioned about the upside-down kingdom. This is against nature. It's the power of Christ that allows uh, humanity, humans, to live in this upside-down way. Opposite from gravity. This group of people that are promised to be able to soar. Let's uh, look at those. Uh, Isaiah 40. Um, you can turn there. I'll read a few verses there. Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. Uh, seems to me to be God saying, don't you know who I am? Have you lost track of who, uh, who, who I am? Who the God of Israel is? And it's a chapter, it's full of descriptions about God. <clears throat> in verse 27, let's break in there. Speaking to Israel here. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? In other words, why are you saying, Israel, that that uh, I've been overlooked by God? My, my way is hid from God. God doesn't know about me. Why are you saying that? Don't you know? In 28, verse 28, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. And you think he forgot about you? <laughs> he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. 
he giveth power to the faint is so this faint person like me for example uh, has need of power and so God gives power to the faint perhaps he has to be careful he doesn't give me too much or he'll blow me up you know it's a, it's that kind of power uh, it's it's um the power of God that's been described earlier in the, tra- in the chapter. There's no searching of his understanding. Um, the creator of the whole universe, the ends of the earth called here, from the creator of everything that's in existence. The, the provision that's available, that's what I'm going to point out here. You can't use up the grace of God fast enough to deplete it. It's like trying to spend Bill Gates' money at Walmart. You can't fill shopping carts fast enough to drain his bank account until, you're, until you die. You couldn't, get, you couldn't get done. The grace of God is much, much more important than uh, Bill Gates' uh, bank account. Uh, but it's the, the, the idea of... of our need is, is tiny compared to what, you know, what God has available and God's ability and God's knowledge and wisdom. And so, of course, he knows about you. He knows about me, about Israel here. Verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. They that understand what the Lord is. That understand the descriptions in the rest of the chapter 40. uh, Previous to this. The Almighty. And waiting on the Lord isn't just... I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, twiddling your thumbs in a corner somewhere. Um, this past Friday, we were at a, uh, my wife and I were at a, um, a company supper for the school. It's like a teacher appreciation banquet, they call it. Um, the school board puts it on. And it's very, very nice. And the, there were, were uh, waitresses serving the food. And they weren't standing around twiddling their thumbs. But they were waiting on us. They were, yeah, they were, they were, they were waiting on us. Um, That's the the idea I get of waiting on the Lord, and it's not just waiting and not going ahead with something until He says, "Okay, it's time now." But waiting on the Lord as a servant waits on a king. Or as a waitress waits on on you, or how you hope she will wait on you. So she comes around with the iced tea pitcher and says, "Do you care for more iced tea?" I just a minute here. She pulls out her cell phone. Beep beep. My friends just texted me and said, "What's up?" And I just said, "Not much." Did I ask you if you want tea or not? You know that kind of distraction uh, would would not be a Good description of a good waiter. Waiting on the Lord 
it means something like single-mindedly attending to the will of God. Which is most of the time doing things. It's not just waiting, as, as in doing nothing. But single-mindedly, you know, while you're waiting on your customers, leave your phone in your car, okay? Somewhere far away. Uh, single-mindedly attending to the will of God, waiting on him. Like, yeah, get the picture. Waiting on him. As in serving, serving his desires, serving his, his, uh, his goals. Um, if it's God's goal to do something, then that's what we're, you know, that's, we, we can be a part of that in whatever way uh, God shows us individually as he, we all work in, in his kingdom in different, different aspects. So those that wait on the Lord are the ones that are renewing their strength. It's not the ones that are pining in a corner. It's the ones that are doing, uh, had their hearts open to God and to the best of their ability are catching Every time his glass is half empty. Figuratively, of course. Uh, uh, Whenever whenever, uh, the Spirit speaks to us, whenever we have a a prick of conscience, um, we respond. Responding immediately is is how how I see waiting on the Lord. And if we don't even know what God is like, like it seemed the Israelites didn't, didn't really understand what God was like. Um, they felt left out. They said, uh, Isaiah here was, was, was telling them that you're saying that God has forgotten about us. God doesn't even know about us anymore. Uh, but they, they, weren't, they weren't waiting on him. They weren't waiting on God. They were, uh, they were distracted with their own lives, perhaps. Back, do background research on what the extent of Israel's um, religious condition was at this time. They were obviously distracted with something. It wasn't cell phone texting, though. It was something else. So those who wait on the Lord get to know who God is. Just like a waitress gets to know their customers in just a short time. They, know, they get to know what their um, likes and dislikes are. Um, turn to Second Corinthians, verse Second Corinthians chapter one. Here's an example of someone that was waiting on the Lord and knew what kind of what type of God they were serving, and the result of a the, the relationship of the the uh, single eye devotedly serving, waiting on God. Second Corinthians one, or the first eleven verses. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. You weren't saying, where's God? God's forgotten about us, maybe? Maybe God doesn't know about me anymore? They knew who God was. They'd been waiting on him for years. Who comforteth us in all our tribulations, and they had many, that we may be that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And you see here the uh, the, the service to God and the approval back. It's reciprocal. A bit like in a, a, a waiter uh, situation. We have uh, if, if they do their job well, then they hope to have appreciation back. And verse 5, the sufferings of Christ abounded in, in, the, in the apostles. They were suffering for Christ, and they were being supplied with consolation by Christ. Verse 6, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raised us the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. God was a, a, uh, a close companion to, to, uh, to Paul and those that were suffering with him. And there was this reciprocal relationship that God, uh, they, they were serving God, they were, they were waiting on God, and God um, poured out comfort and friendship, consolation, uh, ownership, sonship onto their lives. Uh, Open your Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm Uh, David seemed to have a have have a time here where he was just making sure to himself, in, encouraging himself in God, 
that God was right there with him. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy, thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. As long as he's waiting on the Lord while he's there. That's why he's there for. He's not running away like Jonah. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did, did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly, and thy enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I greed with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred, and count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting, which he will, if we wait on the Lord. He will lead us. Again, waiting on somebody means being very attentive, single-mindedly attentive to to their their desires, to their wills, their needs. Obviously, God doesn't have any needs. uh, But to his will, uh, single-mindedly attending to the will of God in my life, in your life. In the song of the, as with wings as eagles, in the second verse, it says, With wings as eagles, O liberty, with wings as eagles so cheerfully, rough winds cannot halt them, no words can insult them. They're free, soaring free, rising confidently. No words can insult them. They that wait on the Lord cannot be insulted. That means insults don't stick. If somebody says to you, you're quite the costly cufflebop. didn't stick. 
a costly kaffel bop. Well, we might see after uh, a few minutes here when we have um, a meal together. Remember, you are not the end of the chain. If somebody puts venom your direction, somebody, the phrase is, jerks your chain, like like teasing a dog. Somebody jerks the chain. Allow the tension to straighten out your links and pass the jerk on to God. The pressure. We're not the end of the chain. Those that wait on the Lord, those that are attentive to the will of God, know that they are not the end of all things. And so Christians over the years have, have faced terrible opposition in a wide variety of, of ways. And they just can, can pass it on and stay faithful. And you have, even have joy in the midst of, of uh, opposition. <clears throat> no words can insult them. We cannot soar. We cannot soar while we are absorbing insults and nursing grievances and offenses. That's part of the gravity that pulls down to the earth and will fall. <clears throat> gravity will take hold again. If we, if we hang on to insults, real or imagined, or nurse offenses, <clears throat> our soaring uh, will, will uh, be interrupted. Uh, birds, eagles, are supported by air. They're not holding themselves up there. For example, if you put an eagle in a spacesuit and took him to the moon, he couldn't fly. There's no air on the moon. The eagle is not holding himself up there. He is, he is riding on the air. As we soar, as we uh, allow our spirits to be lifted up, out of this earthiness that's all around us. We are not riding on our own uh, energy. We're not, we're not there. We're not soaring because we can hold ourselves up. We cannot hang upon nothing. Uh, birds cannot hang upon nothing. If you put a bird in a vacuum, like I mentioned... In the space suit on the moon, you'd fall down. And you would just thrash around on the, on the gray dirt, the gray powdered rocks. Something else, eagles can't soar in still air. An eagle can't soar through this room. They would come down. They can flap. But soaring is when you stay up with no effort of your own. All you have to do is just control air surfaces. Now, flapping, your birds flap. They can fly. <clears throat> but soaring is not flapping. 
uh, the Bible doesn't say that we shall flap. It says we shall soar. That we shall, um, at least I'm saying it that way. Okay. <clears throat> um, I'll misquote the scripture there. If eagles mount up and don't get weary, they're not flapping long anyway. Okay. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're soaring. And so, like I said, eagles can't, or any birds, turkey buzzards for that matter, can't soar in this building. A soar is a, it's gliding through wind. You have to have wind. You have to have turbulence. You have to have interference to be able to soar. You can't win. You can't soar through a calm. And you see uh, turkey buzzards uh, sitting in a tree, and they'll sit there till the sun's nice enough, and the ground starts warming up, unless they have a, unless there's a, a breeze, a cross breeze. Um, but they have to wait. Often they have to wait till the ground heats up enough to heat up the air on it, and then the bubble of air rises, and they can ride on top of those updrafts, the thermals they call them. You have to wait till, they, till the air gets disturbed to be able to, to be able to soar. A turkey buzzers don't want to flap around all day. They wear them out. It wears us out too if we flap around all day. Right? We try to keep ourselves uh, in the soaring mode. But we recognize and remember that we're not soaring because uh, we want to soar. We're soaring because we are waiting on the Lord, and the soaring is a result. <clears throat> of a, a lifestyle of waiting on the Lord. And then we can bounce off insults. We can pass, pass uh, you know, chain jerks you know, up, up to God. <clears throat> if a eagle or a turkey buzzard, uh, turkey buzzards seem to have a bad rap. They're Really good birds, by the way. Um, the eagles are more majestic. Or, you know, they're the national symbol. Um, turkey buzzards didn't make it onto the, the country's seal somehow. Uh, but they have about the same diet. <clears throat> they overlap. They overlap some at least. <clears throat> but they have to wait till till uh, turbulence develops in the air to be able to soar. The turbulence in our lives is what holds us up. If we live in a still environment, which means no resistance, uh, we're not waiting on the Lord <coughs> because, <coughs> excuse me, uh, because God promises that we will soar above. In a still environment, we'll come down and we'll be drawn, drawn to the earth. In trying to, trying to correlate the natural laws of, of the physical universe and the spiritual applications here. The turbulence around us doesn't knock us down uh, if we keep our wings trimmed right, um, but it allows us to go higher. Higher, higher, and reaching, reaching for heaven. The turbulence, as I mentioned, is is what 
is the, the force, the pe- pressure, the power underneath our wings that holds us up in, in God's service. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are serving God. <clears throat> to those who are single-mindedly focusing on doing the will of God. All things work together for good. It doesn't mean all things are good. A lot of bad things happen to us in the world. A lot of tragedies. A lot of um, sin happens. A lot of um, ungodly things occur, even to um, to uh, children of God. But like Israel was being told, the kind of God that we have, that we serve, is big enough, the creator of the universe is big enough to take every wind and breeze and thermal and um, wind disturbance in our lives and make it turn out for good. That's one of the the, uh, ways that God is so much more powerful than Satan is. He allows Satan to do a lot of bad things in the world. Um, But he always gets the win because he can turn evil into good. Uh, and that's how we can still win in an environment like we uh, live on, live in, in on the earth here. Just remember that, recall, recall that the water on the earth that destroyed the earth lifted the ark and saved the Noah's family. It was the water that was destroying the rest that was lifting them up. Because Noah um, single-mindedly followed God's will. And he built an ark. That was his job in life. After, what, 500 years or something. Um, at least in the last part of his life. And it, it, it buoyed him up. Uh, the plague that devastated Egypt brought deliverance to Israel. And Israel experienced some of those. Some of the first ones. And they had nasty, a nasty time for a while. But the plagues that destroyed Egypt delivered Israel. God made all things, in that case, work together for the good of those that love God. The Egyptians didn't count in the loving God part. So they got the firstborn was killed. They had devastation, devastation after... Uh, it must have been a horrible place when God got finished with that area. Um, yeah, you can read down through the descriptions. In Psalm 55, I'll read just a couple of verses there. David has desire a desire to fly, um, but he's caught. He seems to be caught in a in a a, a uh, stressful situation, and it's more of a get me out of here type of flying. Psalm 55 says, "My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me." And horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Doves fly away and sit in a tree somewhere off, off to the side. They don't soar. 
Lo, then would I wander afar off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul also asked for escape. He said he prayed three times for escape from some trial he was experiencing. And God didn't give him escape. God gave him information of how he should trim his wings. And he soared. God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And so, Paul said, I will glory in my infirmity. It allows me to to soar. It allows me to be be one of those that wait on the Lord. He got a, got a, you know, communication back. Um, attended to God's will. And he was able to spiritually, emotionally overcome. Uh, be an overcomer. <clears throat> even though the situation, the circumstance didn't seem to change from what we can read. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. This promise assumes turbulence. It assumes um, a hard situation. It assumes exhaustion. Because what's happening with the other people that aren't, aren't soaring? They're collapsing. It wasn't a uh, Sunday afternoon walk. <clears throat> and youths. We had some youths over at our house uh, a few weeks ago. <clears throat> and there was a lot of energy being put forth. Bricks were flying apart and you know, the walls came crashing down. They took down a chimney. So, yeah, sledgehammers, it was uh, impressive. I was happy to watch them. But they, they uh, <clears throat> even they, people like that, if they're trying to buoy themselves up, will get weary. They'll wear out. I can't do this anymore. It's not working. And they're going to be dragged down by the gravity of earthiness. They're not waiting on the Lord. They come before the conjunction. But they that wait on the Lord. So the youths are fainting weary. Young men shall utterly fall. They're not waiting on the Lord. They come earlier in the sentence. So the situation is bad. The young men, the ones that can swing a sledgehammer and the bricks fly, they're the ones that are collapsing. At the same time, in the same situation, they that wait on the Lord are mounting up with wings as eagles from the same circumstances, in the same situation. In verse, stanza four of the uh, Wings as Eagles song. Is it talks about the last, the last flight, the last soaring. And there, 
there at the destination. Naught can dismay them. No evil waylay them. And it doesn't say sore anymore. They're free. Resting free. Resting free. Resting free. The soaring is over. The last glide into eternity with Christ. Uh, turn your Bibles to First Corinthians fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen. Fifty one. Fifteen fifty one. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So death is conquered, the law is fulfilled. What's left? Nothing. <clears throat> There's nothing left. O oh, death, where is thy sting? Death is conquered in Christ's resurrection. The law is fulfilled in Christ's sacrifice. No barriers. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The waiting on the Lord is not in vain. There is the final flight that will bring us in into eternity free resting free resting free Revelation 21 you know these aren't fairy tales these aren't um, you know some hypothetical imaginary place of euphoria this is future history Except maybe, let's see, how do you have history with no time? (laughs) Figure that one out. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sure, I'll have to explain that one. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, 
neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. <clears throat> he who has waited on the Lord throughout their lives on this earth, on this earth he who has single-mindedly uh, fulfilled the will of, will of Christ, will be welcomed into the eternal rest. Resting free. Resting free. But what if you don't want to mount up with wings as eagles? What if you're afraid of heights? I can't trust the invisible air that's supposed to be under me. I like the predictability of Terra firma. Well, there is an alternative. There is an alternative to mounting up with wings as eagles. You have a choice. With wings as eagles or in puddles with pigs. That's the choice. With wings as eagles or in puddles with pigs. Go to First uh, Corinthians one. There's this term that I've tried to figure out in the in the Bible, um, and it's called carnal Christians. To me, it sounds a bit like a couch potato athlete. Okay. But um, I would be open to instruction about what a carnal Christian is. But in this chapter here, 1 Corinthians 1, there seem to be some. (laughs) These people are not uh, soaring. They're not mounting up with wings as eagles. They are in the puddles with pigs. And that's the other option. <clears throat> First Corinthians 1, let's, see, let's drop down to. Uh, I want to get a little bit of Paul's introduction, though. Uh, verse 4, let's start there. I'll break in there. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So these are not, uh, you know, sinners. These are Christians. Okay. Verse 10. 
Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it's been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. With wings as eagles, O liberty, with wings as eagles, so cheerfully. Rough winds cannot halt them, no words can insult them. There are contentions among you. It's a carnal Christian. Something's not right. In 1 Corinthians 3, then, a couple chapters over, verse 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there are among you envyings and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Just like waiting on the Lord is a lifetime process. The path of carnality is also a process. And so, a carnal Christian is probably somebody that's somewhere in the process. Uh, and somebody else can define it you know, much better than I can, I suppose. Uh, there's a process. And these, the people here Paul was writing to, uh, he wasn't casting them out, or, or he wasn't uh, you know, um, discounting their 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 Christianity or their their salvation. But there is there's a path, there's a dangerous path that they were on, and they were going to end up down on the ground um, on the earthy earth if they if they weren't careful and they didn't didn't change some things. Um, I read earlier. The carnal man is at enmity with God. Um, this is the same, same word here. I don't know, don't know the tone of voice he wrote this in. Uh, but the, 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 the background words, uh, the uh, Greek words are the same. Um, he that is of a carnal nature cannot please God. Um, has not the spirit of Christ. So at some point, the, the path goes down pretty steeply. <clears throat> and you get to be in the puddles with pigs. Which is the alternative. Um, to with wings as eagles. Let me read one more verse yet at Second Corinthians two. Second Corinthians two fourteen. I'm going past it. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Now the wrong verse. Okay. I was looking for the one where it says that Christ always causes us to triumph. Where am I? Second Corinthians. One. Okay, let's try two. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. 
always. And this is Paul writing this. He was stoned to, they thought dead. He was beaten and whipped and, and, and uh, um, suffered a lot for, for the sake of Christ. And he says that God can be thanked that God always causes us to triumph in Christ. There is no thermal, there is no thunderstorm, there is no uh, wind disturbance that is so great that it will blow you down onto the earth if we wait on the Lord. Paul had a lot more experience in this than I did, than I do. I'm, I'm saying this not from, I mean, I'm sure you've had um, um, you know, worse things happen to you than, than, than they have to me. So, you know, I don't have a right to say this. I think Paul has gone through more challenge to his Christianity than most of us have. And besides, it's the word of God. So I can say it. That there's nothing that will be able to cast us down. But Christ will always, Christ can always, if we wait on him, um, cause us to triumph and to soar. So, choose to soar with the eagle. Because pigs usually end up in the frying pan. <laughs>